Welcome to the Farm to School podcast, where you'll hear stories of how you thrive and farmers prosper when we learn how to grow, cook, and eat delicious, nutritious local foods in schools. We're your hosts, Rick Sherman and Michelle Markestein. We are Farm to School coordinators for the state of Oregon. Hey, Michelle, what do you think of when you hear of Lake Placid, New York? Well, you wouldn't know this, Rick, but I grew up in New York. And so I think of the time I broke my thumb skiing. My sister was in the uh, Junior Winter Olympics in Lake Placid um, for cross-country skiing. And so I always think of Olympics, Lake Placid. That's exactly what I think of, too. I was a senior in high school when the 1980 Winter Olympics were happening. And there's nothing better for me than watching, like, a obscure sport or curling for us curling i mean canada it's a big huge it's their national sport but just just uh hockey the the miracle on ice happened <laughs> with the usa hockey team oh that was just it doesn't get better than that well i got something better for you okay i got todd ormiston of north country school in lake placid new york hey todd hey thanks for having me on rick and michelle <laughs> yes. no problem <laughs> Um, and yes, uh, Lake Placid is known for its winter sports. It's uh, where it's February now when we've got snow on the ground. Uh, Mount Van Hovenberg is the um, is the site of the Olympic um, bobsledding and luging uh. and cross country skiing. So maybe Michelle, your sister probably broke her wrist or her thumb maybe uh, about a mile and a half from campus here in Lake Placid. So it's right down the road. Well, for those of us who haven't been there, can you paint a picture for us? Like. What is your school like? What's happening there? Yeah, so we're in what's called the High Peaks region of uh, New York State. It's the largest state park in the country by far. And the origins of, um, of the park are actually really important to recognize and acknowledge in, in the history of our camp and our school. In the late 1800s, the, the Adirondacks uh, 6.2 million acre park in, uh, in the Adirondacks, in, in, in the late 1800s, about 95% of, of the Adirondacks were deforested. And really? um, the, the governor then of New York State um, put through um, the state constitution a an act of um, uh, the area here being called Forever Wild. And he uh, famously took a blue pen and drew a circle around the Adirondacks of the 6.2 million acre park and said and designated all public lands as forever wild. And um, is uh, a friend of our school, Bill McKibben, who's a, a wonderful environmentalist, said that, that the Adirondacks are perhaps one of the most important reclamation projects in, in the country. And it came with the act of, um, of an addition to the state constitution. And so we really benefit from, from that history here and the recognition that land is, is unbelievably important to the survivability and thrivability but uh, plants and animals around us. And so um, we have that, that history and that, um, that important value set that, that the school in our, in our summer camp have taken on, um, particularly around farming and food okay. and um, soil. And so it's an interesting uh, backstory that doesn't have anything to do with the Olympics, but it certainly feeds um, who we are and what we do. Well, and thank you for indulging us. That's just my own personal mem- memory of, uh, I just, that's my warm, fuzzy feelings of a uh, cold place that I, I just, I just love. So, so your school yes. is tucked in near that um, Adirondack area you're talking about with a, that was circled. How far away is your school from that place? 
Yes, we're right. We're right in in the the heart of the Adirondack Park. Um, okay. And we're also in what's called the High Peaks region. So there are 46, 4,000 foot peaks um, within uh, 10 wow. to 15 miles of this. And it's a uh, it really is. A, it's a beautiful setting. Yeah. Um, but as farmers, you can also recognize that we're just over 2,000 feet in elevation, mm. and um, we have a different um, way of of approaching farming at 2,000 feet in the heart of the Adirondacks than, than maybe you would in a, in a lower-lying, more southerly oh. area. Well, tell, tell us about that. Different what's, challenges. what's different? What's the different challenge? Uh, well, much shorter growing season. Um, and we, we actually, um, today was at lunch announced by our garden manager that uh, today was the first crop of arugula that we grew Ooh. in our um, aeroponic um, uh, uh, towers that we have wow. here on campus. And so that was part of our meal today was was arugula from the, the aeroponics. Um, we will start to um, heat up the, uh, the greenhouse for seedlings um, pretty quickly. Um, we also have, uh, we have uh, about 18 pregnant ewes right now that will be on lamb watch for the next two or three weeks. So we'll be looking for probably uh, 20 or so lambs to be born. And then, of course, um, we're not Vermont, but we do have uh, fantastic maple syrup here. And we have a wonderful sugar bush with about 250 buckets. And the sap will start flowing um, uh, probably uh, late February, early March. So um, as much as we are in, in a cold region, um, there's a lot that we that we can do that we're, we're industrious with, with what we have here. So you sound like you are running a full-on farm. And but you're a school. So what yes. role do the students have in the farm? Yeah, so um, there's there's often the conversation of um, the two ends of the spectrum, petting zoo or commercial farm, and where where do uh. we fit in that um, in that spectrum? And um, we are we are a, a hardworking farm. We we last uh, are coming up in the spring. We'll put, we'll plant about 900 pounds of um, potato seedlings, and in the fall we'll probably uh, uh, harvest about 4,500 pounds of potatoes and, and we take school off from that day and all the students are involved in potato harvest. Um, so, and, and then we have, have, uh, uh, you know, our root cellar where we're, we're put our squash and potatoes and in everything that we, the overwinters in the, in the, um, uh, uh, root cellar. So it's really important that we, produce and that that students are engaged in the production of um you know not just uh, uh vegetables but also um in the in the barn setting with our chickens and turkeys and and, and egg layers and whatnot um but we also need to recognize that our farmers are educators as well and so um they are not always mocking stalls they're often in our classrooms um we just had had just finished a unit of compost math with a um a sixth grade math class mm -hmm. and we had our farmer in in uh helping teach about um our drum composter and um, and carbon and uh, and temperature and and chemistry and all that goes into um, a successful uh, um, drum composter. Todd, that's incredible. And I guess I wonder, you know, kids who graduate from your school, are you picturing them going on to be farmers, or what does this experience, uh, working hard on the farm, teach them? 
Yes. So we believe that there are there are sort of two transformational aspects of of working on our farm here and and one is in the moment when they're experiencing um the work that they do and the the products that that are are born from their work um whether it's a a healthy happy horse or um or uh wonderful carrots in the fall um so that's one aspect of it the other is the transformational and enduring nature of being affiliated with um with a farm and with the work that goes in the farm and the respect of uh, of nature of the soil of each other and of the amount of work that goes into it and so we find that our current students are um, are acknowledged daily what it means to be working on a farm um, but then i i'm on the road quite a bit and i'm speaking with a lot of our alumni and um, some of their fondest memories is is uh, composting or is mucking stalls or is chicken harvest or is uh, so, some of the, the things that maybe kids today are not acknowledging is the most important thing, but that transformational enduring um, nature of, of being part of uh, food production and working on a farm and the empathy that, that, that they generate through, um, through that sort of selfless work is really important. I, I'm so glad you said that because we, we've certainly found that out too. We've, we've heard people, uh, kids in all walks of life in all, in all settings, uh, we have alternative schools, whatever, but where kids have said, if you would have told me that I would uh, get my hands in this dirt and it would have changed my life. I would have thought you were crazy, but um, we hear that all the time. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Yes, absolutely. I, I wanted to step back a bit and, and thank you for painting the picture of your of your wonderful school and everything. And I, I've seen pictures of it. If you Google uh, North Country uh, School in Lake Placid, New York, you can get there. And we'll have a link to that in our show, show notes as long as well as, uh, as your picture. Um, but how did you get involved? What's your backstory? Where did you come from in all this? And how did how 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 was your journey in this? Yeah, well, it's interesting because I I grew up on a farm. I grew up on a dairy farm mm-hmm. in upstate New York, south of here. Uh, my my family was deeply engaged in in dairy farming, um, and my extended family as well. As soon as I was able to work on our farm, I was. Um, I was working when I uh, would be home from college for spring break. That was my spring break. And, um, and my family is still engaged in the farm. Uh, we, I, I started at the place of, of, uh, of mucking horse, their uh, cow stalls and mm. uh, throwing thousands, if not millions of um, square bales for, uh, with my cousins. And, um, and, and at the end of the day, at an end of a very long day, uh, you could look at every one of those wagons that you filled with, with hay, and um, and acknowledge that that you accomplished something, and that you that you could look at something as a tangible outcome, and um, and and hard work was involved, and you knew that the next morning those wagons would be waiting for you to un unload uh, in the morning, but but you had that sense of purpose, and uh, I think that 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 tangible sense of purpose for any um, young person uh, uh, is is important. And I think we, in a lot of ways in the digital age, we lose that sense of purpose in that tangible nature of, of work and outcomes. Um, so my, my background, having grown up on the farm, 
um, I'm I'm an example of the lasting and enduring and transformational um, nature of of uh, caring for something else um, more important than me in the moment, and um, and being proud of the hard work that we put in. And I, I my brother and I talk about it all the time. It, it's it's it, it was formative and it still is part of my life. I, after the farm, I ventured away, still staying in the independent school world, but I also was a, a pretty highly competitive alpine ski racer, and I worked in um, many uh, boarding schools that were um, uh, cultivating um, future Olympians and future Division One ski racer athletes, and um, it was a very different um, experience than, than where I am now. It was very uh, mission-driven schools, very outcome-oriented and our our school is is process oriented and values driven, and so I, I really feel like I've come full circle in my my professional career from where I started as a as a young boy. So it really sounds like your school is focused on process and really more about growing human beings than growing an actual product. <laughs> yes, uh, no question, and and we don't we don't expect that. Um, every one of our students goes on to a life in agriculture. Um, some do, without a doubt, and many also have uh, a focus on sustainability and climate change. Um, but the the real core of this is we're we're um, leveraging this experience on the farm to um, to develop character growth. And um, there are some things that uh, we believe. Uh, uh, Healthy, happy people are, are de- have developed um, not just self-esteem, but um, resilience, grit, uh, um, understanding, um, uh, empathy, um, having having a uh, an understanding of delayed gratification. Uh, we were the the Amazon age where um, we want our package tomorrow, and mm. um, that's not how life works. And for our children, they understand that um, that planting a seed tomorrow in the in the greenhouse won't reveal a fruit for months, and uh, and that that's really important for people to understand because what what often happens is um, children get frustrated if they don't get something right away, and with with our children, we're we're we we demonstrate and we. Um, uh, celebrate um, patience, and that um, that sometimes some you know sometimes things don't happen the way they're supposed to right away. And as adults, we understand and recognize that. But if children can understand and learn the idea of delayed gratification um, sooner, then then their um, sense of self and um, and commitment to their own personal resilience, we believe, is um, is is part and parcel to being a happy, healthy adult. Um, and the other thing is is that we we talk a lot about life cycles here on the farm and at the school, and it's the idea of um, of especially at this age, our our students are are nine years old to fourteen or fifteen years old. I don't know about you, but that might not have been the best time of my life. That was a time when I was just trying to figure out who I was, and um, and that's who what our children are doing right now. And luckily, they're in a really safe place where they're able to explore and they're able to engage um, that way and really 
grow and, and not just physically, but emotionally and, and character wise. So when we talk about life cycles, we think I, I mentioned, um, uh, maple syrup season, you know, that only comes once a year and there's, there's a process to that. And the trees go through a process that we watch with the, the beautiful green leaves in the spring, the, the dark green in the summer, um, a beautiful fall. And then, um, and then, and then stick season in the wintertime. Our, we want our students to be connected to nature, connected to life cycles, because we believe that the more connected they are to watching other things grow and develop, that they too see that in themselves. And um, it's it's really important for us to not just put students in those situations, but to build in reflection time to think about what it means to to grow and thrive and and have your own personal life cycle. Todd, that sounds wonderful. You've answered a lot of the questions I had coming up for me, but as a follow-up for that, do you have any advice for others would be inspired for what you're doing right now? Yes, absolutely. We, we've been doing this for 103 years here on our campus. and You don't um, look that old in your picture. That's really awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the organic farming and the, the, the clean air. Okay, right. Uh, Wow. <laughs> no, I, th I think that um, this is not something that happens overnight, especially at a any type of a school or nonprofit organization. It has to, the, the culture has to be ready to accept the, the idea and the and the people have to be engaged in the process. There are scalability um, aspects to this that that are important for any organization um, and anyone who's listening to this as an educator or a parent or, or an interested party is that um, you don't have to start right off with planting 900 pounds of potatoes. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's just the act of, of growing a seed and uh, and. You can you can grocery store garden. There are there are things that you can get at the grocery store that will grow on yes. um, your windowsill, and 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 it can be a magical experience for a child. How many children have seen something grow from seed? And so it can happen in someone's home or their apartment or their rooftop deck. It doesn't matter um, how much. It matters that you start, and then it also that you you value and appreciate and celebrate um, the act of growing. And then as that, that develops, there certainly are more aspects of, of, um, of building a farm to school mindset into your life um, that we can, we can talk about as well. Thank you for saying that. I mean, Michelle and I preach that all the time about every school garden is different. Would I like every school in America to have a fully working farm? You bet. But Obviously, that's just not, you know, uh, scalable. And some people, that's all they can do is a windowsill garden. So I, I really appreciate you saying that. Yes. And, and so we we have the benefit of having a beautiful campus here that is accessible to our community. And we are engaged with our local um, public schools and local nonprofits um, to to um, share who we are and what we do and why this matters. And so we do have uh, public schools come to our campus and they learn in our teaching and learning kitchen about food sources and food preparation and food preservation. We have uh, children come in and, and learn about the use and, and that they're going to have lambs um, and, and what it feels like to reach in under a pen and, and, uh, and pick up an egg, uh, a fresh egg. And um, so we, we take uh, we take our responsibility to share um, who we are and what we do very seriously, and we're, we're lucky to have it. 
So with with others that aren't able to to do what we're able to do, there are farmers, there are farmers markets, there are um, uh, community engagements, there are co-ops or, or um, uh, professionals and and um, uh, deeply educated mentors that can can introduce this concept to schools and to other nonprofits. Um, there are resources out there. So. Uh, even just going for a walk in Central Park and taking a, a second to sit and look around um, is is a start. So um, by no means are have we are we the only way to do it. And um, and I would I would like to think that across our country and around the world that our farmers um, do want people to learn about what it means to farm and why it's important and to know where your food comes from. It's not the grocery store. Mm. And so I, I think the partnership concept with organizations and schools is really important and not to be bashful to, to ask um, a farmer to come to a class or something like that, or, or someone who works at a, at a farmer's market down the street. Mm. Anything else we haven't asked you about that you wanted us to cover? I think that the um, the focus on on farming and food and cultivation is is really important. I think that we think that that um, integrating it into um, why how it can be also additionally impactful on um, children's lives, not just because of character growth, but also um, educationally, and that there's that there is there are cross curricular opportunities to consider um, why. It's not just about farm to school, um, but but like, like I mentioned, the compost math cl class that we have. So there are ways that um, integrating, um, you know, that the, the farm to school mentality into um, into traditional classes. We we had kids last spring write poems of gratitude to our um, our sugar bush after we finished tapping the trees. Like there are things that we mm -hmm. can do that don't just have to be um, so specific to, to cultivation of, of vegetables and whatnot. What are some other examples of curricular connections? Uh, well, we had, we've had um, uh, students write poems to our, uh, our sugar bush. We've had, uh, we've had our farmers uh, do a lot of integrated work with our classrooms, whether it is um, biology class or, um, uh, or math class or something like that. And then we also have um, a program called the Edible Schoolyard Project. And the Edible Schoolyard Project was a brainchild of Alice Waters, if you know of her from Shea Panisse in Berkeley, California. And yes. um, North Country School was the um, was what is is known as a FESI, a founding edible schoolyard. So we were one of the first seven edible schoolyard project organizations in the country to align with Alice and the idea of um, edible education. And Alice actually visited our campus about eight or ten years ago, and in in a moment of wonder said, "Boy, you've been doing." Um, farm to table uh, education and farm to, farm to table cooking well before I came along. So um, we maybe we jumped in front of Alice in terms of uh, <laughs> of identifying how important it is to uh, acknowledge uh, farm to table um, uh, eating and and in that philosophy. But the Edible Schoolyard Project is a wonderful resource. It's a, it, I want to make sure to point out that they have a, a terrific website that. Um, has a, very, a wide variety of uh, curricular programs 
and um, that are scalable for for different folks. And so I'd encourage you that to to direct your listeners to this um, this website and learn more about what the Edible Schoolyard Project is. It's now I believe in about 5,800 schools and nonprofits across the country, and um, they have tremendous resources and um, not just the online resources, but the the people involved in it are are doing uh, some really special work. Um, the ESY in in Berkeley, California in particular is um is really a fantastic program yeah and we'll put a link to that in our show notes thanks thanks for great thanks so much for that todd is there anything else you'd like us let me start over yes thank you rick and michelle so much and i just want to uh extend an invitation to anyone who happens to be in our neck of the woods here we'd love to have visitors we love showing what we do and who we are and introducing the outside world to North Country Schools. So um, please reach out if you're interested in coming and doing a campus tour and learning more about North Country School. Okay, thank you very much. That we'll put great. a link to that in the show notes. Too. Yeah, let's let's go out there, Rick. Okay, sounds yeah. super fun. Oh, yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Todd, so much. And um, actually, we'd love to come out there and see you. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. Farm to School was written, directed, and produced by Rick Sherman and Michelle Markiston and was made possible by a grant from the United States Department of Agriculture. The content and ideas on the Farm to School podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Oregon State University, Oregon Department of Education, and the United States Department of Agriculture. The USDA, Oregon Department of Education, and Oregon State University are equal opportunity providers and employers. Do you want to learn more about Farm to School? Check out other episodes, show notes, and contact information, and much more by going to your Google machine and Googling Farm to School Podcast (laughs) OSU. That's Oregon State University that hosts it. So just Google Farm to School Podcast OSU, and you'll get there. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Stop by. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you, everybody. Bye, Todd. Bye, Todd. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much.